Welcome to the safety meeting on stunts, intimacy, and adventure. My name is Jazzy Ellis. Here you will find tips, tricks, and behind the scenes details of the safety aspects of stunt scenes, spicy scenes, and real world adventures from the perspective of a stunt performer, intimacy coordinator, and adventurer. Every episode of Safety Meeting will end with a roundup of the latest film and TV news I think you should know about. Enjoy the show. Hey, film fam and film fans. Welcome to Safety Meeting. I'm Jazzy Ellis. And in today's episode, I'm answering my most popular question recently, which is, what is an intimacy coordinator? I'm giving you details on the looming writer strike. I'm telling you how CBS failed on its plans to promote diversity and inclusion. I've got some updates on the Jonathan Majors case. And because I love everything about the John Wick franchise, I've got a no spoilers review of John Wick Chapter 4. Here we go. In my last episode, I gave the answer to the most popular question I've received for the last 10 years as a stunt professional, which is, how do you get into stunts? Now, here's the question I've been asked most since completing my training with intimacy directors and coordinators back in April of 2022 to become a certified intimacy coordinator. And that is, what is an intimacy coordinator? It's one of the newest jobs created in Hollywood as of the last few years. An intimacy coordinator is a person who works with actors on film and TV sets to make sure that any scenes involving intimacy, meaning nudity, simulated sex, and hyperexposure are safe and comfortable for everyone involved. They do this by creating a safe space for actors to talk about their boundaries, choreographing the intimate movements, and being present on set to make sure that everything goes smoothly. Intimacy coordinating came out of the Me Too movement. The Me Too movement brought light to a lot of sexual harassment and assaults that was happening in Hollywood. As a result, there was a lot of pressure on the industry to change the way that it handles scenes involving intimacy. And intimacy coordinators were created as a way to make sure that actors are safe and respected when they're doing these types of scenes. So intimacy coordinators protect the actors by creating a safe space for them to talk about their boundaries. And they also choreograph any intimate scenes so that the actors know exactly what's going to happen and they feel comfortable giving their consent. Intimacy coordinators are also present on set to make sure that everything goes smoothly and that the actors feel safe at all times. Intimacy coordinators interact with a variety of departments on set. And here are some examples of these interactions. With the director, the intimacy coordinator will discuss the script and identify any scenes that involve intimacy. They will then work with the director to develop a plan for how these scenes will be shot. And this plan will include things like blocking the scene and using body doubles and the placement of the camera. Now with the actors, the intimacy coordinator will meet individually with each actor to discuss their comfort level with intimacy. They will also discuss the specific scene that will be shot and answer any questions that the actors may have. The intimacy coordinator will then be present on set during the filming of the scene to provide support and guidance to the actors. And with the camera crew, the intimacy coordinator will discuss the specific shots that will be used in the intimate scene. With the AD team, the intimacy coordinator ensures that the entire cast and crew knows what closed set protocols are and that they're followed. With the hair and makeup department, the intimacy coordinator will discuss the specific hair and makeup needs for the intimate scene. With the wardrobe department, the intimacy coordinator discusses specific wardrobe needs for the scene. If you have any questions about intimacy coordination, 
Use the link in the show notes to send me a voice message and I'll answer your question on a future episode. I hope you enjoyed my answer to the question of the week. What is an intimacy coordinator? And now for the film news I think you should know about. First up, we've got the writer's strike looming. So negotiations have been underway between the Writers Guild of America, the WGA, which is the union that represents writers in the film and television industry, and the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers, which is AMPTP, the trade association that represents the major studios and networks. So the WGA is negotiating with the AMPTP over the WGA's contract, which is set to expire May 1st. And that could lead to the first strike since 2007 or 8. Now, if there is a writer strike, it will have major impact on the film and television industry. All scripted productions will be shut down, which means that no new movies or TV shows will be made. And this will have a ripple effect throughout the industry, as many other businesses rely on production of scripted content. Besides the WGA seeking higher contributions to pension and health funds, a shorter contract term, more control over new media rights, and better workplace standards, the major thing that'll most likely lead to a strike is whether or not they agree on higher residual pay for streaming networks. Streaming residuals are important to the WGA because they are a way for writers to be compensated for the use of their work on streaming platforms. Residuals are payments that are made to writers every time their work is used, such as when a TV show is rerun or a movie is released on DVD. Streaming platforms have become increasingly popular in recent years, and they have generated billions of dollars in revenue. However, writers have not been fairly compensated for the use of their work on these platforms. The WGA is negotiating for streaming residuals so that writers can be paid fairly for the use of their work. The WGA is also concerned about the impact of streaming on the future of the writing profession. Streaming platforms are changing the way that TV shows and movies are made, and They are putting pressure on writers to work faster and for less money. So, like I said, negotiations are underway with a contract deadline of May 1st, but most people are thinking a strike is inevitable. An anonymous source familiar with the negotiations told Deadline, quote, I'm 95% sure there's going to be a strike. Everybody assumes it's coming at this point, unquote. The last time the WGA took a strike authorization vote in 2017, 96.3% of members voted in favor. There was no strike that year, but the vote was enough to scare the studios into negotiating fairly. So we might get somewhere by May 1st, but a strike authorization vote by the members of the WGA is still expected in the coming weeks. The networks and studios have been preparing for this looming strike for at least a year now, But how should the cast and crew prepare? Well, this is what my representation sent to me. Quote, In lieu of the pending writer's strike, you might have noticed that auditions have been sparse as of late. This is a great time to review materials and make sure pics, reels, slate shots are all up to date. This way, when all is resolved, we can hit the ground running. Unquote. As a working actor, this really wasn't helpful advice for me because I need to make money. So my advice to you and me is to start saving 
right now. Work your side hustle, focus on your money-making passion projects, maybe shift your focus to the feature films that already have completed scripts so that you can still have work for the summertime. And stay ready for production to start up again at full force. I should also say that both SAG-AFTRA and the Directors Guild uh, both have their contracts ending in June. So even if the writers don't strike, we may still be in for strikes down the line in a couple months when the actors' contract and the directors' contracts both run out. So... It's a scary time for entertainers in film and TV, but keep hope alive, keep your savings strong, do your side hustles, and I'll see you on the other side of this, y'all. In other news, in 2020, CBS Television Studios and the NAACP announced a multi-year partnership to develop and produce scripted, unscripted, and documentary content for TV networks and streaming platforms. The deal was part of CBS's commitment to increasing diversity and inclusion in programming. As of early 2023, none of the shows that were supposed to be made under the NAACP deal have ever been produced. CBS has not given a reason for the delay. It is too early to say what the future holds for the NAACP deal with CBS. The network has not announced any plans to end the deal, but it's also not clear if they're committed to producing more shows under the deal. So, with that said, thank you, CBS, for your lack of commitment to diversity and inclusion. I hope you get your shit together. Okay, my last bit of depressing news for the day before I get into John Wick, because y'all know I love me some John Wick, and I promise no spoilers when I talk about John Wick. But first, let's talk about Jonathan Majors. In the last episode, I talked about Jonathan Majors' arrests and charges on an alleged domestic dispute. As a reminder, the complaint against Majors does not name the female accuser, but states he struck her about the face with an open hand, causing substantial pain and a laceration behind her ear. It also claims he put his hand on her neck, causing bruising and substantial pain. Well, there's now more consequences for the A-lister besides his charges and arrest. For one, the Army has recut a Be All You Can Be ad without Jonathan Majors and aired the new version during the NCAA Final Four games of the men's and women's college basketball tournament. Jonathan Majors, known for his work on Lovecraft Country, which I was a part of, and Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, is also one of the stars of Creed Three, now available to rent on Amazon Prime. To celebrate Creed 3 making its way to the platform, the film's star and director, Michael B. Jordan, shared a bunch of behind-the-scenes photos to celebrate the occasion. However, there seems to be one notable absence. That's right. Jonathan Majors, who plays the main antagonist opposite Jordan, is nowhere to be seen. Text messages were also recently shared with the media purportedly from the accuser to Jonathan Majors, stating, quote, They assured me that you won't get charged. They said they had to arrest you as protocol when they saw the injuries on me and they knew we had a fight. I'm so sorry you're in this position. We'll make sure nothing happens about this. I told it. I told them it was my fault for trying to grab your phone End quote. And then hours later purportedly said, quote, I reiterated how this was not an attack and they did. 
they do not have my blessing on any charges being placed. I read the paper they gave me about strangulation, and I said point blank, this did not occur and should be removed immediately, end quote. I'll keep giving you guys updates as more arises in this case, but moving on to the fun stuff. Let's get into John Wick, Chapter 4. So, before I get into it, let me just talk about stunt work. Most stunt people don't do it for the fame. They do it for the money. And the lifestyle, but mostly the money. <laughs> and we get more money the more days we work on a show. And we're able to work more days if we're working as multiple characters on, on the same show. So we can only work as multiple characters if our face isn't shown. When a stunt performer's face is seen by the monitor, it's called being burned. As in light burning our image into the film. And once we're burned, we're usually not invited back to that show. There's been many episodes when I was working as an ND or nondescript stunt performer. That's when we're not doubling an actor and we're playing ourselves. And I was attempting to hide my face so that I could come back, only for the director to say, I want her to take up the full frame. I love her look. And in my mind, I'm thinking, Welp, this is my last day on the show. Back to the job search. Now, John Wick Chapter 4 uses stunt performers brilliantly, brilliantly, to the point that the stunt performers were able to be used so many times throughout the movie as different roles. Keanu takes care of his stunt performers. He gifted each of the stunt performers on set of John Wick Chapter 4 a t-shirt with the number of times they were killed on screen during filming. Some of the stunt performers were killed multiple times, with one person being killed 21 times. That means they got to work the run of the show. That means they were paid. That means they were taken care of. And I love that for them. Shout out to 8711, the stunt team and production company that created John Wick. Kudos to you guys. You guys... You're killing the game. And I'm really happy that Keanu takes care of y'all. Um, he also gifted the stunt performers with Rolex Submariner watches as a wrap gift for John Wick 4. Uh, the watches were engraved with the words, the John Wick 5, along with stunt workers' names and the message, thank you, Keanu, JW4 2021. We all love Keanu, right? Another fun note is that the director of John Wick Chapter 4, Chad Stahelski told Deadline that John Wick doesn't have a lot of dialogue because, quote, Mr. Reeves stripped out roughly half the dialogue written for his character in the initial script, unquote. He only says 380 words in nearly three hours. And for me, it helped me focus on the action. We didn't need John Wick to say much. We saw what was going on and the other characters did a great job of filling in the exposition. Amazing, amazing work to everyone who had some part in creating John Wick Chapter 4 and the entire franchise. I'm in love with this franchise. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope that there's a John Wick Chapter 5. Crossing my fingers. Safety Meeting on Stunts, Intimacy, and Adventure with Jazzy Ellis will air weekly on Mondays. Make sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you can immediately be notified when a new episode becomes available. If you've got a question that I can answer, but you can't afford my consulting services, don't you worry about a thing. 
Click the link in the show notes and leave me a voice message and I'll answer each question for free on the podcast. I'll be back next Monday. Until then, make sure to follow and interact with Safety Meeting Podcast on the socials at Safety Meeting with Jazzy Ellis on Instagram, at Safety Meeting JE on Twitter, and Facebook.com slash Safety Meeting Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Stay safe out there, film fam and film fans. Until next time.